Half Naked in a GQ Magazine. Uh, that was Rick Ross's unreleased verse on the song Famous, Kanye West, Rihanna right there. Kicking off episode 17 of the Tall, Dark, and Ratchet podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Williams. And let's kick this thing off right, ladies and gentlemen. He's tall. He's dark. And a ratchet. So if you didn't catch the verses of Rick Ross and 2 Chains, what I didn't realize is that these verses are actually streaming a lot higher numbers than the NBA games right now. So it's very, very popular. Um, definitely do go check that out. It was an interesting matchup to say the least. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks since they announced it. And by the time this is out, they will have announced um, the following versus um, competitors. So with that being said, um, I'm going to jump in and start things off actually with the Ratchet of the Week, as well as um, whose man's is this, just because we are going to spend a lot of time talking about the verses, giving a little bit of a recap, adding some context and doing somewhat of a deep dive, if you will, in regards to Rick Ross's um, very complicated career, um, that and a bunch of other things. So let's start things off with the Ratchet of the Week, shall we? Let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet, ay. Let's get ratchet, 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 ay. Let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet, let's get ratchet. Let's get ratchet indeed, ladies and gentlemen. So now, of course, the Ratchet of the Week, the theme song, that song is actually a Meg the Stallion record. I feel my hair getting all disheveled. So Meg the Stallion features on Cardi B's brand new single entitled WAP. So a big congratulation goes out to them for, in fact, being the Ratchet of the Week. So now, if you haven't heard this song yet, WAP stands for Wet Ass Pussy or the radio censored version it's wet and gushy now the reason that they get ratchet of the week is because after watching that music video and of course hearing the very spicy content if you will that's some very graphic stuff that they're talking about like i don't feel like a guy in 2020 can really come out and have a song called you know dry ass dick like let's try it out right now where's this instrumental for uh for this record over here hold on Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah. Huh? Yo, I got a dry dick. Kinda ashy though. Put some lotion on it. Then you gotta stroke though. I got a dry ass willy and a wet ass pussy. That's a good combination. 
gonna make a baby Wet ass pussy, dark ass dick I don't know what I'm saying, shit This is some mock sense, yeah But I'm just gonna leave it here All these things is talking wild All these things is talking crazy I know that I'm kinda lazy But my dick is kinda ashy Got the dry ass dick Dry as dick in town, you dry ass sick mm. Don't know what I'm gonna do But I know this beat gonna kick right in uh, mm. Dry ass dick mm. Got the dry ass dick All these things don't want me Cause I got a dry ass dick uh. All right, see, so it just doesn't work. So either way, they get Ratchet of the Week. Congratulations to uh, Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion. It's for sure going to be a big record. I'm sure of it. Um, you know, following up the whole Hot Girl Summer, this will surely be a new anthem. And I'm all for it. You know, I stand for female empowerment. And if this is how you guys want to do it by objectifying yourself in music videos featuring Kylie Jenner, by all means, I'm here for it. Um... But yeah, so last week, you know, we talked about my good friend Tito Sings. Um, he, uh, you know, hails down, I believe, from the Philippines. I'm just assuming. But um, a lot of people like those videos. And I got to give a, a huge shout out. Let me give a round of applause for this guy over here. Now, I've played probably three or four of these guys, this guy's records in the past. Now he does these remixes. Now his name is, um, I Mark keys. So I'm assuming his name is Mark, but, um, he does these remixes of these viral videos that kind of float around the internet. Right. And, um, we've seen it with you about to lose your job and the entanglement record with Jada Pinkett. Now, um, he's, you know, doesn't skip a beat. If it's, if it's viral enough, He'll find it and he'll remix it. So he actually went and found my good friend Tito Sings and did a remix of one of his records. And I got to say, he found the nice bop within this guy's amazing melody. So I'm going to play you guys a little clip over here. This is, um, I don't know what his actual name is, but I just call him Tito Sings uh, with a, a brand new hit record over here. So we're just going to call this one Numbers Part 6. Yeah, you can even see by that lady the way she's whining right there. Like that guy's hitting those melodies, ladies and gentlemen. So shout out to Tito Sings. Shout out to Imar Keys. Um, but of course, this week we've got a brand new Whose Man's Is This? So without further ado, let's uh, let's cue that up right now. Whose man's is this? I need to know. I really need to know. Hey, yo, who mans is this? So now this guy, again, we find these things on these random people's pages. Um, so I'm going to play you two different versions of this guy because the initial one is from a dance show competition, which is entitled um, 
Project Fame. Now this is the West African version. So of course, uh, I mark keys decided that he was going to do a remix, but I'm going to play you guys the original version first. A blare of a glare. She looks so clear. All the guys want to stare and make her fear, but I don't care how she fare. I hold her hair, drag her near, and I whisper in her ear. I said, coochie, 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 coochie. Would you be my goody boogie doogie? She said, what? What's a goody boogie doogie? I said, goody boogie doogie. It's a cookie for the rookies. Would you get me a cookie? Okay, I'm- listen to our own. Hey, 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 we don't want you here. <laughs> you gotta go there. Honey, say no. Oh, look at his face, man. They broke this guy's heart. He was just trying to give him a hot 16. And, you know, it's it's very difficult to freestyle, as we've seen in the past with artists such as Smoke Perp having a very difficult time on big shows doing so. But, I mean, as, you know, one of these... um uh, reality singing competition shows or whatever, you got to be mindful. Like this guy really thought that he was going to come on here and blow them away and he was going to be next up. But I think it's their loss because, you know, they, they had uh, a massive hit right in front of them. They didn't even know it. So you heard the original version, but after a little bit of, you know, some finagling, some finessing, we were able to hear what the actual song would sound like, you know, with some music and a little bit of uh, guidance. So here's the revised version of um uh coochie 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 if you will the blare of a glare she looks so clear all the guys want to stare and make her fear but i don't care how she fair i hold her hair drag her near and i whisper in her ear i said coochie 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 Yeah, now if you don't find that catchy, I don't know what's wrong with you, man. You got me out here slipping out my chair. I grab her by her hair and grab her, you know, yeah, coochie, 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 coochie. That, that shit is catchy. Um, and, you know, you can't really hate on his flow. He's just a little bit dated on it. Maybe um, like 30 years behind, maybe even more. Because if we go back to LL Cool J, like I'm going to play you guys a snip of um, this is LL Cool J back in the 80s with going back to Cali. It's a very similar flow. So it's not that the flow is bad. It's just, you know. A little bit, you know, past its prime. So here's a little snippet of LL Cool J going back to Cali. I'm going back to Cali, rising, surprising, advising, realizing she's sizing me up. Her bikini small, heels tall. She said she liked the ocean. She showed me a beach, gave me a peach, and out the suntan lotion. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not like the bars were that sophisticated back in the day. She she gave me a peach. She told me, you know, and get, put on some suntan lotion. Like, those are some very primitive bars. Granted, L. Cool J is one of the first to do. He's one of the pioneers of hip hop. But I mean, Mr. Coochie 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 was on to something. I'm just a little bit dated. All right. Well, I got a good um, little bop off that. So uh, let's jump into some of the things that are going on in the world. So um, I hate to bring it down, the, the morale down, but we got to talk about this just because it's, you know, impacting our world that we're currently living in. So um, so the explosion that went on Tuesday, which happened in Beirut, Lebanon, um, just to give you some a little bit of insight as to what was going on there, it says Lebanese officials have said that the explosion on Tuesday happened when 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, a compound often used to make fertilizer and bombs, combusted perhaps because of a fire started by welders working nearby. The industrial chemical had been stored in the port since 2014. Um, now it says here the blast injured some 5,000 people and pushed at least a quarter of a million people from their homes. Um, and then since then, there's been some protests. I think that they announced um, that so far, in terms of the amount of people that have actually been deceased, it says here at least 150 people have um, died due to that blast. So very, very tragic. Um, I personally have friends who are from Lebanon who um, like literally first generation migrated um, when they were their kids. So, um, you know, recounting stories about how they were very familiar with that area, some of them having to drive through that that um, part of the city just to get to work and so on. So very, very tragic. And, you know, you're seeing some people jump in already with like memes and saying, you know, 2020, this and that, like, it's, it's very, very insensitive to kind of jumble up a situation like this, especially if you are far removed from it. Um, and, and try to find humor in it, um, on social media. So just be mindful that these are real people. These are real lives that are being affected by, um, traumatic events like this and, um, not to, you know, move about it very insensitively. So, um, condolences to anybody who may have lost someone or somebody who's been affected, um, in, in terms of losing their homes or, or whatever the case is. So, um, very, very tragic. And, um, my heart goes out to you. Um, now I really want to go into this, um, this versus battle that, which took place on Thursday between two chains and Rick Ross. Now there's a lot of stuff that, um, needs to be, mentioned from this this recap now we'll start off first by just saying you know the predictions the early predictions were that rick ross was going to annihilate two chains now did he have maybe um the better playlist or the better catalog or however you want to manufacture it yes he has a a longer career he's worked with anybody who's anybody in the industry and um, he just has one of those presences on a record that, you know, it's, he's got a very, very strong, excuse me. He's got a very strong voice, uh, a big personality, big presence. Um, but two chains held his own. I mean, and, and in post interviews, um, we know two chains went on to, uh, power one Oh five ones, the breakfast club. And he mentioned how, um, you know, put some respect on my name. It's, it's not like the, he was asked to bring 20 records and he played 23 and all of which, he has plaques for these are all songs that have charted relatively well um and you know he just feels as though he doesn't get the respect that he's he's deserved so um shout out to two chains i mean he definitely held his own in there i 
personally had him at maybe winning three or four rounds out of the 20, which I know doesn't sound like much. Um, but granted, I mean, Rick Ross went also on some, some interviews afterwards and mentioned how he could easily do 20 more records. Um, and that, you know, those were just some songs that he felt were, um, worthy of his current opponent. Now, some of the highlights from this thing. Now, I, if you follow me on, on Instagram, you've seen that I've been posting some of the Rick Ross, uh, dance moves, if you will. Um, but I'm going to be sharing some, some of Rick Ross's more comical moments, uh, because he is easily one of the most entertaining people in an interview. Um, he's got a very unique personality. Um, and I was discussing with a friend how DJ Khaled is an amalgamation of Rick Ross and fat Joe in that he's, you know, um, you know, such a huge, huge personality and he's taken, you know, fat Joe's flamboyancy in terms of his, uh, you know, marketing and, um, his positivity and, and building those relationships. But Rick Ross is just very, very eccentric and, and outgoing and has certain things that he, he likes to coin phrases and so on. So some of the cool things that, that transpired, two chains brought out some dancers, you know? So of course being, you know, um, a guy from the South where the, uh, gentleman's club culture is very popular. He had a couple of ladies come out and he was dancing, he's throwing some money on them. So that was, you know, good to see, of course. Um, I love to see it. And then of course, Rick Ross had to one up him and he ended up taking off his shirt. He had his breast swinging everywhere and had some lady give him a nice little massage. So, um, both of those guys, you know, very, very entertaining to watch the antics. Um, they never, they never cease with these guys. And I believe that was the second highest viewed versus to date. And I don't know who they have for the next one. They haven't quite announced it yet, but they're teasing right now saying that, you know, it's going to be the biggest versus yet and that it's something like 20 years in the making. So I'm thinking it's going to be an older act. A lot of, you know, rumors and swirlings going around saying that it might be, um, Anita Baker versus Sade. Um, and then of course, Swiss beats decided that he wanted to post Kanye West versus Drake which we know will never happen. If you want to know the reasons why, well, one, I don't know if Kanye is ever leaving Wyoming. Two, Drake and Swissbees have had their little, you know, on and off little battles here and there where, um, if you remember a few weeks ago, Swiss Beats on an Instagram live when he was a little bit sauced up, when called Drake a pussy boy. Um, and um, yeah, Drake and Kanye definitely don't get along. So I can't imagine them being in the same room. Which room would that be? their catalogs. I don't know if that's even a, a really great matchup because now that I think about it in a 20 song versus like we look at Drake and he's shattered every record there is. Um, but on a hot take, I'm going to say that Kanye West has had bigger records. And of course, um, if you're thinking to yourself, well, no way, there's no way he's got bigger records than Drake. He's produced a lot of hit records. I mean, people forget the only two rappers with the most Grammys of all times is Kanye West and Jay-Z and a lot of Jay-Z's Grammys came from Kanye West. So we got to, you know, we're looking at that matchup. Of course it would be entertaining just because knowing their long history, um, of collaborating with each other, disliking each other, um, the whole beef that transpired between Pusha T and, and, um, Drake obviously stemmed from Kanye West's history with, with Drake. So, you know, entertainment wise, of course you couldn't ask for anything more juicy and spicy, but the reality is the odds of that actually happening, not that, not that high. Cause what do they have to gain from it? Cause like with artists like two chains and Rick Ross, 
of course they're they're very successful artists but you know during a pandemic any publicity helps and it'll definitely boost their streams but guys like drake and kanye they're, they're gonna stream regardless they don't need the antics and drake i feel like has way too much to lose in doing one of these versus battles um because if there is the chance that he does lose you know it's it's um you know it's just not a good look but he was very active in this chat there was uh, a lot of ovo people in there and i think it's because um you know these guys some of their biggest records were with drake i probably heard 10 records in total um on thursday night that uh, were songs that either these guys were featured on Drake records or Drake was featured on their record, um, which just goes to show the Drake effect. And a lot of people were in the comments being like, yo, this is Drizzy versus Drake right now. Um, we're hearing so much uh, OVO music. But either way, it was a great versus. Um, put some respect on 2 Chainz's name. He still did his thing. Um, and uh, yeah, Rick Ross premiered a brand new record. So did 2 Chainz. And in the record that Rick Ross premiered, he had some some very choice words for Terry Crews. Um, I'm not going to repeat them, nor will I play it just because I feel like it'll get taken down. But he referred to him as the C word. And I'm not talking about the one that mostly is derogatory towards women. You know, um, he called him a raccoon, but without the prefix. So either way, um, so they, yeah, so they had something to gain from it in terms of, you know, releasing new music, trying to get those streams, um, popping and, um, uh, it, again, it just showcased Rick Ross's dominance and his confidence afterwards being able to say that, listen, I'm, I'm not done. Somebody else wants to battle me. I still got another 20 records in the tuck, which brings me to my next point, which is why is it that we don't give Rick Ross the credit that he deserves in terms of being one of the best hip hop artists currently alive? And I've compiled a list for you. So these are the five reasons why I believe Rick Ross is not anybody's favorite rapper. Now he has a song where he says, um, I, th I believe it's called Nobody's Favorite, where he talks about it. Um, because it's interesting to see that I don't know any other artists that has as many Jay-Z, Kanye West, and Drake features as Rick Ross. He's the guy that people call on when they know they need a reliable verse, a guest feature. And his, his um, bodies of work, like his albums are always revered and critically acclaimed. Um, he's got a very unique flow. He's got a very unique cadence, very unique voice and sound. But why is it that he's not being, he's not in anybody's top 10 is what I'm getting at. I love the guy, but then I was like, well, why wouldn't he be in my top 10? And then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, mm, yeah, he's had some very dicey moments in his career. So here's my list of five reasons as to why Rick Ross is not anybody's favorite. Number one, being the most obvious one, if you do follow this guy's career, um, about a decade ago, it was revealed that Rick Ross had been a corrections officer. Now, if you think to yourself, well, what's the big deal? in the community of hip hop, when you're talking about, you know, moving weight and flying certain things across the Atlantic, looks a little bit fishy when you're in a uniform with a badge. So this is a quick clip here, which um, I don't know if this date is correct. It says 2014, but this was him on Sway's universe discussing himself being a corrections officer. It took me back to when there was all the controversy about you having a job as a CO. 
and you not really want to tell the information why, what, when, or where, uh, but, but saying that there's a reason behind all of this, right? Is that what this is talking about? That particular line really just most definitely referred to, you know, uh, me being a CEO, uh-huh. you know, that being a job and, you know, just understanding the grind and the hustle and anything else I may have done. Uh-huh. It's just a job. It's a hustle, baby. In retrospect, do you feel maybe if you had just said that in the beginning that it wouldn't have received so much controversial backlash? You know, I wouldn't change nothing. Uh-huh. You're in the dig. I wouldn't change nothing. You know, so because to me, it's just about it's about who Rose is. It's about me when anywhere I go and I step in the room, I put it down. People know it's authentic right here. They know it's real. So it was nothing that I was really just, you know, personally threatened with. It was just I was just ready to move on. OK, let's go get this money. Let's make this music. Yeah, so there you have it. And uh, the line in a song that he's referring to is that he mentioned in the song that it was just a job. He had to do what he had to do. Um, And then at the end of this interview, he also states that, listen, if I had to do it again, I would. Um, even today, because, you know, I'm all about just feeding my family. And, and if that means that I have to put on a suit and go to work, whatever that job may be, so be it. So I think the the problem that people were having is that he keeps alluding to these different reasons as to why he was doing it, as if it was maybe like an inside job trying to um, protect certain people that were um, living lives very dangerously in the streets or so on. But again, uh, until he decides that he wants to fully explain that situation, it's just one of those looming things over his career. And um, uh, what was I going to say about the the? Uh, anyways, so um, that's number one in terms of the things that I find that have been holding people back in terms of being able to put him in that conversation is that people always the same way that, you know, right now with Drake, with this, the whole ghostwriting allegations, people always say, well, you know, it's kind of hard to put him in, you know, a top five or top 10 category because he doesn't write his own rap. So it's just one of those stains and those things that just kind of lingers, um, over your career. Um, now number two, on the list of things that prevent Rick Ross from being in people's top fives, is his feud with 50 Cent. Now, if you don't remember this, this went on for a while. Now, this spans over a decade. This clip right here is from 2009. And um, this is just a like a, a chip into what it was. Um, but this thing got really nasty, got to the point where um, 50 Cent had recorded a porn video. Now, keep it to account, a decade ago, this wasn't like a Pornhub thing. Like 50 Cent legitimately produced an entire movie um, featuring Rick Ross's baby mother. But I'm going to play you this clip right here. I'm going to try to avoid some of the words that he used that would get him canceled even today. So um, here's a little bit of a clip of him caught off guard in an interview, asked the question about 50 Cent. We're not going to waste time on Curly. He's a monkey. He can't dress. You know that. I know that. Do us the biggest favor. Stop fucking up those Dr. Dre beats. Dre, you the best. I love you. Send them to me. If not, pay me to write his raps. I'll do that. It's not a problem. Do me the biggest favor. Niggas don't want to see me. Don't play yourself. You my son. You're gorgeous. Appreciate I'm starving. You. Okay. I'm going to see y'all how, later. How did it start? I just got to know. How did He's it start? Who started it? He's a monkey. It's just like you fighting with your neighbor because they shit on your yard. You scooped up the shit, you throw it away, and you keep going to work, right? That's right. 
Yeah, so he keeps referring to him as a monkey, which is very, you know, derogatory in its own right. But again, I omitted some of the things that he said prior, which were a lot more ruthless. But um, yeah, this this feud lingers over Rick Ross's career also because, you know, um, people might put 50 Cent in their top 10 or maybe their top 20 or whatever the case is. But if they have him there, then, you know, they feel a little ways about rick ross and whenever rick ross does something monumental people you know especially 50 cent like to troll him online and if you don't know 50 cent is easily if not the best um one of the best trolls of our generation he will get you the fuck out of here if he wants to get you the fuck out of here so that would be number two number three is now the the lawsuit that he had between himself and the real rick ross or also known as freeway ricky now, this thing went to court, and I don't even t- truly remember how it even got settled, if it was settled outside of court, if Freeway Ricky, I don't think he won his appeal um, for this case against Rick Ross, the rapper, um, but Rick Ross claims that he had that name for a decade prior to any of the um, you know, huge... Um, I guess, uh, the tabloid media stuff covering freeway Ricky story, but here's a clip of Rick Ross explaining, I guess, you know, how he got his name and, and how it's not really derived from freeway Ricky. You know, Rick Ross, man, we want to know where you get that name from, man. Or, or, and are you aware that this, you know, big drug dealer from out here, where did you get the name from? Most definitely. I got on the name like 10 years ago when that, it wasn't about that. It was about what I was going to turn it into. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it is. Shout out to Doom, whatever he's doing, but I don't know him. Yeah, so he claims to not really know him and that, you know, he, he was trying to turn the name into one thing and... Um, so on. So that's the, that's the thing. Like you want to believe the things that Rick Ross is saying in his music because his music is so well done, but it's just like, there's just so many holes in his story. And even in his memoir that he released, um, a couple of years ago, or maybe he was in just last year, he alludes to a lot of things and dances a lot around a lot of things. And the reason why he says he doesn't divulge too much is because, you know, these are people that are still going through these, these scenarios. Um, but it does look a little bit suspect that like, okay, so you're saying that you didn't name yourself Rick Ross because of Freeway Ricky, whose real name is Rick Ross. Like it just kind of seems like, you know, just give him his, just give him his royalties or whatever it is that he's looking for, you know, and, and then just keep it in motion. But that's neither here nor there. And I'm not going to be the one to get to the bottom of it. But that is the third reason why I believe Rick Ross has not been in a lot of people's you know, high rankings of best rappers. Now, number four is because of a controversial line that happened, I think, seven years ago. Um, now, there's a Rocco song which featured um, Future, Rick Ross, and then, of course, it was a remix with like a bunch of dudes on it. Um, but on the original version, Rick Ross had a line, which I will play because it is very, very brief, like less than 10 seconds, um, which he again, gave the impression that he was out here drugging women and taking advantage of the situation. So I'm going to play that line and then we'll talk about that. Put Molly all in her champagne. She ain't need no. I took her home and I enjoyed that. She ain't need no. Yeah, so you don't want to say that. You put Molly in her drink and she didn't even know it and you took it, took her home and enjoyed that and she didn't even know it. I'm not going to go and, and 
you know, rant and rave about why that's so inappropriate, because obviously people took it seriously back then as well, um, because he lost a lot of endorsements. He was, you know, sponsored by Reebok at the time. I think the next line is actually about Reebok. Um, or the previous line was about Reebok, but um, yeah, he lost a lot of endorsements. Um, a lot of people condemned him for that. Of course, he put out an official apology and, and so on, but that's a huge community of people that you've lost because of one lyric that, you know, it, it's not even something that you can necessarily misinterpret. It wasn't like he was just kind of being vague about a situation. You literally said you put a narcotic in a girl's drink without her knowledge, and then you took her home and enjoyed it without her knowledge. I get the wordplay. It sounds cool on a song, but it's really just not cool in real life. So that's another reason and uh, a very valid reason as to why some people wouldn't consider Rick Ross being one of the best ever because um, he's got some suspect lyrics. And now the last thing is kind of a toss up. So um, and maybe you have your own version of um, or reasons why he's not in that list for you. But Rick Ross once stated in, a, in an interview that um, he, the reason why he doesn't hire female artists is because he would just have sex with them. So again, just being very misogynistic and, um, pretty much saying that he, he wouldn't give somebody an opportunity because he just can't control himself and, um, has to act on his impulses, which again, of course, he later on made an apology, um, uh, where he says that he, uh, he says here while imagining the situation that troubled him, he would seem to completely lack control over his own libido. And listen, as a guy who right now has a very difficult time controlling his libido, you know, I'm definitely very candid about my uh, addictions, if you will, and uh, my lust for ladies. But that's, you know, again, we're talking about a, a very big demographic. If all women decided they just didn't like Rick Ross because of his lyrics and because of statements like this, and that's, you know, you're losing half the world right then and there. And I think, you know, and this, this is why I say number five is kind of flimsy. It's either this or because just his physical appearance. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, one of the best rappers of all time is Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. But he also came up in an era where the internet wasn't out here trolling and clowning you. You don't think that if Biggie, instead of, you know, having his success in the 90s, came out in the, the 2020 era where everyone is a meme and they saw pictures of him without a shirt on and his lazy eyes and stuff like that, that he wouldn't get roasted. You're crazy. And Biggie's one of the greatest, if not the greatest to ever do it. But listen, the internet is ruthless. So I feel like that's definitely one of those things. So number five is debatable between whether or not, you know, he's uh, a misogynist or that he's just physically unappealing, but he owns it. He rocks it. He loves to have his shirt off. And which leads me to my next thing where I'm going to play you guys some clips of some of his legendary interviews. And, um, you'll see that this guy's personality is, you know, if you've never watched an interview with Rick Ross before, you're definitely going to want to watch the next one. So here's some, uh, some clips for you. This is, um, Rick Ross discussing, um, his Ross fit and his newfound love for fitness with Tim Westwood. But now they, they, you know, they give me fruit to eat. You know, I forgot what fruit had, you know, tasted like. I eat pears now and shit like that. Shout out to all the pear eaters. Yeah. Are we going to see a pear fucking Ciroc? I might need to let Puff know that. <laughs> a pear fucking a double pear. Yeah, some pear Ciroc. But just the way he says pears. Hilarious. And now this is an interview with this guy. 
Um, I don't remember exactly where he is from, uh, but he's here trying to interview Rick Ross. And of course, Rick Ross isn't giving him much. That's right, yo. It's your boy DJ Vic Juan. Right here, one of the sickest. We're celebrating life. It's out. The release. Ross, bro. What's popping, bro? How you feeling? Sick, bro. The new album, I heard it already. It's so crazy, bro. What's the vibe? Are the streets talking to you, bro? So sick, bro. I'm so excited for the album. I'm hoping like, uh, here we go. Yeah. Like, I saw the art. It's so crazy. You took it to, like, a whole nother plateau with this. You got Mr. Brainwash on the cover. So crazy, Ross. So happy to have you. Any last words, Rick Ross? Thank you for coming through. This is Rick Ross. My name is DJ Vikwan. Mastermind is the album. F*** you, bro. <laughs> and he just walks off. I don't like the way that guy says bro. Like, he really liked that letter R. Um, but that was DJ Vic one with Rick Ross right here. But now this one, now you saw the clip I played earlier where he was talking to, um, this guy from true magazine about his name. Um, you know, not having affiliations to the freeway Ricky, but this interview has got to be my favorite Rick Ross interview. Cause this was probably one of the first ones I'd saw. I had watched with Rick Ross cause he was still relatively new at the time in the mainstream. This video, um, it's dated November of 2008. Um, and he was very animated. He was very frustrated with this interview and you could tell the interview in his body language, like he's constantly looking at the ground, his head is down he's slunched over. He's got bad posture. Rick Ross was not impressed with this guy throughout the entire time. So I'm gonna play you a couple clips of this interview here. I got models with mouths, with motivation. That's motivating me. They're waiting for me. They love me. I'm handsome. I'm rich. I give a fuck. Finna be my junior chauffeur, finna take me to a party. You know, finna enjoy life. I got I got girls with mouths with motivation. But now this is by far I think my favorite clip of that interview right here. We hustle. Shit is easy to me. Trying to have 10 Burger Kings so I can get fat and sit on a boat and laugh at niggas. That's my motivation in life. Having a big belly, no underwear, short sagging, and chocolates. Same ones Jay-Z had. Don't get it fucked up. That's life, nigga. Sandro Pay, I'm coming. Yo, niggas, can I ask you a question? Uh, <laughs> the way he waves at the camera is, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, this guy, he's got goals. You know, he wants 10 Burger Kings. He wants to get fat. People rubbing his belly. Um, and you can't be mad at that. So, you know, I got to give it up to Rick Ross. Um, but that right there, um, you got the five reasons why Rick Ross is not in people's top 10. And you've also got some of his most legendary clips. So a round of applause for the boss. But yeah, Rick Ross, one of the greatest to uh, to do it, but he's got some stains on his on his uh, thing. But feel free to let me know if I miss some stuff, you know, in terms of things that you find that might be holding back or preventing him from, you know, reaching that level of acclaim that he so desperately wants. Or if um, if I miss some great interview clips, I'll never say no to um, a funny Rick Ross clip. Now, another thing that's been going on is the Drake versus Movado beef, which I didn't really want to discuss last week because there wasn't really that much stuff going on with it. Um, but since then, 
Drake has jumped on, um, I believe it was uh, Popcon's live because he had just released a, a new project on Friday, uh, which two of the records feature Drake. And of course we know their, their affiliation OVO and Ruli, you know, they've, uh, I don't know exactly what the exact stipulations of their deals are. Cause I know Drake is partially independent now. And I don't know if, um, if Popcon is, is considered to be part of the, the OVO umbrella, but regardless, while they were live streaming, Champagne Pappy, AKA Drake, jumped on with a comment and I don't know who ghost wrote this comment for him, but it had a lot of patois. Like this is like, you know how like you have friends and they go to Australia for two weeks and they come back and all of a sudden they have an Australian accent. It feels like, um, Drake has always been kind of, you know, in and out of these different dialects. We've heard him speak Arabic. We heard him speak some French. Um, and you know, he's always been doing the patois, but it's extra thick now because what he wrote was, and I'm going to try to say this as, uh, as best as possible. If I was Drake, some boy love chat about yard man and some next fuckery and all, all now them can't catch up to the eight, seven, six guard, go hold out one seat and a box of juice and hush your mouth over your unruly. So yeah, um, he's definitely taking shots. Um, Movado, we saw he put out a record where he was saying that Drake could never be a Yadman and um, Drake on that only one or only you or whatever it was freestyle with Hetty one discussed that. Um, uh, he mentioned Movado's hometown. So I really hope again that this beef doesn't escalate. And again, my question is where is Khaled in all of this? Because if he's friends with both of them, he shouldn't want to see this escalate. And the more these people continue to antagonize each other, especially during COVID, once people are really, really out in these streets, it could lead to a messy situation. Um, now I'm just going to briefly mention this, that Dave Chappelle has been doing these backyard stand, stand up uh, shows. Now I'm going to be, leaving here shortly um yeesh, it's already it's getting to that time so i've actually got to jump and do a set at this backyard comedy show um so i'm gonna have to wrap this up in like the next 15 but either way he's been doing these shows in ohio where he's got everyone socially distanced he's taking the precautions i believe people get tested um and there's been speculation on whether or not they might not be able to continue or whatever um but it's been cool to see that some of some of the people that they've had come in um, to these, these shows, these surprise guests. So some of the more reoccurring people are of course, Donnell Rawlings, um, who he's, you know, been friends with since the Chappelle show, um, both of them being DC, um, comedians, they, you know, they're like Batman and Robin is the way that I see them. Um, now some of the other people that have popped up, um, we've seen Michelle Wolf over there. Um, I believe Sarah Silverman was at the last show, but then Louis CK came down and regardless of how you feel about Louis CK, I personally, um, am a fan of his comedy. Do I agree with some of his antics? No, but that goes to say with a lot of people, I'm one of those people that likes to separate a person's talent and their personal lives. Um, and I feel like morally doesn't make me a terrible person to say, well, if Louis CK is out here beating off on his belly in front of girls, you know, doesn't make his comedy terrible. Um, so I actually watched Louis CK's last special, 
Um, and I think he's, he's one of the funnier guys that we have alive and breathing currently. Um, but it is cool to see. And I, I hope maybe they're, they're taking some, some footage of this stuff. And I, I think maybe they might be working on a documentary for it. Um, but you know, Chappelle, the last time we've seen him do anything similar to this was when he had his block party, which is in 2003, if I'm not mistaken, where he had big musical acts like, um, the roots and Kanye West and early Kanye West and, um, Talib Kweli, so on and so forth. And some of those guys have been popping out. And as we know, um, Dave went to go visit Kanye, um, a couple of weeks ago just to go check on his health. So who knows, maybe they went and filmed some stuff there as well, but either way, shout out to, uh, to Dave Chappelle, AKA my comedic hero and, um, all the things that he's doing out in Ohio during these crazy times. Um, and speaking of comedians, I'm going to play a clip of, uh, so of course we, we saw the, the beginning, the real beginning of these, uh, this new wave of cancellations happened with Chris D'Elia about a month and a half ago. And essentially what happened when Chris D'Elia was outed is that a, f- a couple other names were floating around, but nothing really stuck. Um, up until last week when Brian Callen had been accused of something that happened 21 years ago. And rather than just staying silent and just disappearing like Chris D'Elia did, he decided to take to his Instagram and he put out a video for his fans. So I'm going to play you a snippet of that right now. Hey everybody, Brian Callen here. You know, when you're in a situation like I am, uh, you get a lot of advice from a lot of different people. And it usually falls into two different categories. Either they tell you to post a statement and disappear, or they say, lay low and let the news cycle pass you by. Well, for better or for worse, I'm not doing any of that. I never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting here defending myself against something I did not do 21 years ago. So this is me saying that I categorically and absolutely deny all the allegations against me. I wanted you to see me say that. I didn't want to post some stale statement. I wanted you to hear that come out of my mouth. I have been characterized as someone that no one, no one who knows me, not my friends, not my family, not my fans would ever recognize. And that's because that's not who I am. So you can go watch the rest of that on his Instagram, or you can just go on YouTube and um, check out Brian Callen comedy. Um, The video is entitled my response to the allegations against me. Um, It goes on for another two minutes. So, I mean, listen, if he is in fact innocent, I'm glad that he was able to come on and address this head on rather than kind of, you know, going in the fetal position and scurrying away. Um, Cause like we mentioned before, not everyone has a, a Justin Bieber like team where you can do a quick cleanup within 24 hours and debunk any false allegations. So when we're seeing someone like Chris D'Elia, who, you know, there was a bunch of screenshots and things that came out. And then six days after that, he released statements proving that what were um, screenshots from, from alleged victims were actually doctored documents. You know, nobody really spoke about that. People were very quick to jump on his neck and try to cancel him. Um, but when, you know, some more information came out, nobody cared at that point. So, um, it's good to see that, you know, he didn't just release a generic statement from a PR team. It looks very candid in his house. You can see some stairs in the background. Um, and if he is innocent, listen, I'm rooting for the guy. And if he's not, and if he's a liar, then he's the worst type of human being to double down on, um, his lies. But again, it's a very difficult thing to, to discuss just because, 
again, you, you always want to side on the side of a victim, but if these are false allegations, technically Brian Callen would be a victim. So we have to acknowledge that that is the case as well. And, um, keeping into the comedian news, um, last week we discussed Ellen and how people are saying that she's a mean boss and, um, that there's a lot of, you know, messed up things that happen behind the scenes that we don't really see from the Ellen show. Um, and, you know, not many people came to her rescue, but Kevin Hart being that, you know, when he was going through his drama with the Oscars um, and his homophobic tweets that had resurfaced, um, Ellen gave her platform to Kevin Hart to try to explain himself and to apologize again. Um, and her being someone from that community to give her, extend her platform to him goes to show a lot about her character. So of course, Kevin Hart decided to return the favor and came to her rescue, putting out a statement. But now the crazy thing is, is that um, people decided that they were going to come at Kevin Hart because not because he came out in support of Ellen, but because he came in support of Ellen and didn't go in support of Nick Cannon when Nick Cannon was under fire. And Kevin Hart had this to say. Man, this social media shit is getting out of hand. It is truly getting out of hand. <laughs> From showing support to a friend, you know, you get a you get a a fucking roar of frustration from so many calls, phone going off the fucking hook. I'm a friend. As a friend, if I have a friend in trouble ever, I'm gonna do my best to try to be there for that friend. Then I hear people go, what about Nick? That's your fucking friend. Where were you for Nick? Because you didn't see it means that I wasn't there for Nick. Sad times we fucking live in, man. Nick was over my house every goddamn day when he went through his shit. I was the one who called the president of the goddamn studios and reached out to so many to try to see what we can do to solve the situation, find a solution. Nick and myself talked. We vetted out the situation as friends because I was there for my friend. See, so he makes a very valid point that just because you don't see it, it doesn't mean that it's not going on. And I think that's one of the biggest problems in what we're seeing right now is that we see one side of the story right now and we do no due process whatsoever. And right away we decide to just go with whatever initial narrative has come out and people get canceled and it's nasty to see. And we're going to continue to see it. doesn't matter how many people want to speak out against this cancel culture. Um, but I think we're, we're blurring the lines of good and evil and we're blurring the lines of innocence and guilt and it, it just gets nasty because first of all who cares if he's choosing to speak out in uh, for ellen and he didn't speak out for for nick cannon people always want to try to find a narrative and like these are busy people and you heard it from himself like nick cannon was at his place and that he was calling the, these big networks and corporations trying to um you know reason with them and and um, give assistance to his friends. So I just think it's really nuts that we're so quick to jump down somebody's throat over something that we don't even have all the information, all the details to. So, um, I'm glad Kevin Hart came and spoke out again, but it's just frustrating to have to see him do it over and over again, um, whenever these situations happen. And he's a person who's been canceled himself. So he knows, um, what it's like. So obviously he's not going to be one of those guys that's just going to stay silent. Um, so, but again, is it even our, any of our business? Probably not, but either way, um, that's that. Um, I did want to talk about, but we're already getting pretty close to this and I got to dip soon, but 
I didn't want to talk about speaking of Kevin Hart. Um, obviously I'm milking my streaming services trying to get as much as I can from them as possible. And, uh, I stumbled across this movie that I'd never seen before and for good reason. And then I watched it, excuse me, late Friday night and it is terrible. Now the movie is called in the mix and it stars Usher. That's right. The singer Usher, Usher Raymond. Um, he plays a character, Daryl Williams, who's, you know, this hot night DJ with terrible attire and Kevin Hart, you know, this is early Kevin Hart this is 17 years ago. This is prior to his, um, you know, box, box office hits. And well, I don't even know if his movies are box offices. They just, they sell well, but they're not all that critically acclaimed anyways. Um, and he plays Usher's kind of sidekick DJ. Um, and the movie's insane and it's awful from beginning to end. Now, if you're a fan of Entourage and you liked Sloan, um, who played E's girlfriend, she's Usher's love interest in this movie. She looks nice, but there's just something about the aesthetic in 2003, like the makeup and the outfits and stuff that were just like, bruh, none of y'all look appealing right now. Even Usher looks so corny and the shape of his head just kind of throws me off. It's kind of dinosaurish, but here I am body shaming yet again, just cancel me already so I can just stop talking about people's bodies. But, um, yeah, if you're looking for a movie just that's so terrible that you just want to make fun of, I would highly recommend you go watch in the mix, which if I'm not mistaken was on crave or or amazon prime it definitely wasn't on netflix because even netflix has standards um last thing i'm gonna mention here before i dip dip set set is that i am a curse for the toronto raptors i thought this whole time that drake was the the sports curse but i watched the first um raptors game of this of the return since the uh post pandemic when they're playing in, in the dome and i watched the matchup against boston and they got annihilated. So I didn't watch today's game um, where they ended up beating. Who were they playing today? Um, I don't even remember, but they won today's game, but they they lost that one game and it was embarrassing to watch. They were down by like 37 points at one point. And I'm like, gosh, dang. And then here we have J. Cole saying that he wants to be in the NBA for like a one day contract. I was ready to let J. Cole jump in the game. That's how bad we were doing. I don't know if it was this exhaustion from having to play two really great teams um, initially with the Lakers and Orlando, but you know they didn't look very great on the court. They were getting threes rinsed on them left, right, and center. They, Boston might have even broken a record for most threes in a game. I'd never seen that many threes dropped on the Raptors before in my life, so... I mean, they ended up closing the gap to 22 points, which still terrible, but um, seeing them down by like 30 some points, that was uh, very cringeworthy, cringeworthy to say the least. Um, but I'm going to end things off right now um, with that. And also that um, Instagram has just implemented reels trying to get rid of TikTok. If you still don't know why TikTok needs to, to get out of here and why you should delete the application from your phone, go on Andrew Schultz's Instagram, look up his last video where he does these little rants for like five minutes on, on IGTV. Um, and he explains in detail in very comedic detail why the application is, um, essentially surveilling you and why we need to get rid of it. And I believe Donald Trump has put out, um, a request within the next 45 days that if China doesn't sell the application to America, that um it needs to be banned so 
who knows what's going to happen with that. I'm sure I'll keep you up to date. Um, but I'm going to wrap this one up here. I'm going to go tell some jokes, some ha ha's, um, cause it's been a while for that. Um, and then in, in the next couple of weeks, this whole setup's going to be very different. Um, because you know, I've got a, a mini announcement, but we're going to wait until probably episode 20, but this has been episode 17 of the tall, dark and ratchet podcast. I'm your man's Marcel Williams. You can definitely check me out on YouTube. If you're just listening in right now and like, and subscribe. And if you are watching this on YouTube, you can also listen to this if you're at work on your drive or whatever on all the streaming platforms. So Spotify, Apple casts and, um, Google podcasts as well. Um, and of course, leave a review and some positive vibes and some comments and add me on Instagram at the Marcel Williams. Um, but I will see you next Monday. Stay blessed, stay healthy and uh, try to stay Rona free. Peace.